Welcome to Stall Warning. My name is Ponchito Ojeda, and I am joined with, by Mallory Barr, the head coach at Johnson & Wales University in Denver. Mallory, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm awesome. You know, just enjoying COVID life with two kids, four and five, which every time I'm on the podcast, I get to bring them up. And, uh, you know, fortunately, they interrupted our pre-show call with uh, with talking to their stuffed animals. They're just so, so. adorable. They're probably <laughs> right now so yeah i think they're trying to rip a door off a wall somewhere uh how how is your family doing my family is good you know we're finding activities to do whether it's like listen to webinars go work out as a family um get as much local business as we possibly can and just staying as busy and as healthy as we possibly can nice that's awesome yeah it's uh it's it's weird times we're in you know it's I don't know. It's, I've tried to explain this to other people, like, what is this like? And there's nothing like it. So no way to even know if uh, to, to draw back on. But, uh, you know, lacrosse season has unfortunately ended for both of us as coaches. Um, you know, how was your 2020 season going at Johnson Wales? You know, we had just beaten Adam State. Um, we It was our first win at home, and it was our first win against a Division II program, which our girls were so excited for, and just to see the look on their face and I had to tell them. Season was over, absolutely broke my heart. But during these times, we've stayed together as a team, and they've really been like, okay, Coach, what are we going to do next year? And this year, we accomplished a lot. We didn't get crushed by every single team. We played together. We had strong freshmen. We have strong a strong class coming in and we have a strong junior and senior class. So we're ready for next year. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, you know, it's tough that, uh, ending this year on such a weird note. I mean, I was in Florida when this happened and we kind of played this game against Florida state. It was just epic, you know, win a top 10 program. And then we turn around and we, we have to play Florida on this kind of weird situation. We're like forcing everyone to the game and, yeah, and hats off to the Gators. They 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 whooped us that night, but uh, it's just a weird ending and super tough. We had senior night in front of a bus, you know, at like midnight. Like, uh, hey, let's honor our senior, and uh, it just kind of sucked. So hopefully, hopefully, no one has to go through this uh, again. But you know, in a short time, it's it's like make the most of it and do what you can with this time, this extra time. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when this was all happening, like we had gone on spring break in Atlanta and we could not find a single bottle of hand sanitizer anywhere. So luckily a lot of us had them, but like our girls were just like, what is going on? Everything like that. But our girls were just so positive during that trip and they were so sad to see season end. So like we get it senior day, like we had three seniors who made a huge impact on us. And it's just like, looking looking them in their eyes and telling them hey you're not gonna hit that hundredth goal broke my heart so it's it's tough for all seniors out there and I just can't imagine what they're going through because like if this happened to me I don't know how I would feel as a player yeah it'd be brutal I, I hope that all of them all the seniors in college at least uh take advantage of that extra year of eligibility I've I've told everyone I can be like just play just play just play you'll never You'll never regret uh, getting that master's or or getting that second degree or whatever it is to play one more year because, you know, once you're out of college, it's just not the same. You know, I mean, rolling up to a game in a minivan with two kids pouring out is just not the same as, you know, rolling up in, in college. So um, it's a little different. But, you know, let's let's take a step back for a second. Let's rewind the clock uh, to, you know, 
uh, about 10 years ago when you were still in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're a Wisconsin girl, which is awesome. I'm, I went to Marquette in Milwaukee. Let's go Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Big um, are you over here? Oh yeah. I mean, you have to be right. Like they're, <laughs> they're the best. Uh, huge, huge fan of coach black from, uh, the head coach for the women's team. She's awesome. And I'm, I'm good friends with, uh, Caitlin Feifeld who, whose brother actually coached at Colorado state, which is how we met. So kind of a neat connection there. Uh, but tell us about, well, first off, are you a Brewers fan? That's number one question. I am a Brewers fan. I'm also a Marquette fan. And like growing up here, I know some people aren't going to like me for saying this. I'm, I've never been a Wisconsin Badgers fan. I've chosen Marquette over Wisconsin. So the basketball games in our family, like my whole entire family cheers for the Golden Eagles. Like we have season tickets to go watch them. And I remember watching Dwayne Wade and all of that. But yeah, huge Brewers fan, huge Marquette fan over here. So yeah, Bucky Badgers got nothing on the, on the Golden Eagles. Oh, yeah. uh, so you went to Arrowhead High School, graduated in 2010, and you guys won states three out of four years. You know, tell us about the high school experience in Wisconsin. I mean, lacrosse at that point was pretty young then. Um, tell us what it was like uh, kind of playing in that environment. Sure. So a lot of my friends and I also played field hockey too, but when we played lacrosse, we were like, well, like, what is this? Like when we started playing, we were like, okay, we learned from the coach at Virginia Tech. I don't remember her name. Um, she came to a clinic and really like got a lot of us into it. And we fell in love with lacrosse that day. She literally taught us from square one of, oh, this is how you pass and catch. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And then when we got to high school, it was just like, okay, we've got some teams to play. We've got about five teams to play. And now there's probably like 20 teams in Wisconsin. So it's definitely growing. But back in 2010, 10 years ago, um, it was just starting to grow here. And Arrowhead set the precedent for everyone to come. And it's just like, you've got to play Arrowhead. You've got to beat them. So it was just really cool to be a part of that and starting it. And then my senior year, we had 18 seniors on our team and I think two underclassmen. So it was definitely like a big wave of kids going out of the Arrowhead program and going on to play um, college ball. So it was definitely an interesting time here. Yeah, that's cool. That's, uh, I mean, Arrowhead's had a longstanding tradition of, of high achievement in athletics and certainly lacrosse was no different. The boys and the girls were two of the top teams in the state. Uh, when I was, when I was there, I coached at Marquette for a few years on the club team and, uh, played there. And so, you know, Arrowhead and Marquette high were two of the best teams in the, in the area, definitely on, on boys side and in the girls as well. So, you left Arrowhead in, in 2010 as number two in the assist leader, which is uh, pretty awesome. It's always good to toss some dimes. And uh, and then you headed out to North Central, which is in Naperville, Illinois, for all you geography experts out there. Um, you know, tell us about your time at North Central. I mean, obviously, you kind of started on a high note, right? Sticking six Gs in your first game doesn't doesn't suck. Yeah, so I remember like that pep talk from one of my upperclassmen being like, oh, why is this freshman starting? Like, what does she have that like some of the upperclassmen who are on the bench have? So I wanted to really go out there and just prove myself and just like have fun playing the game that I fell in love with. So I think six goals definitely um, proved that I was worthwhile to the team and adding some more assists to that. So it's definitely one of those games you never forget. You never forget someone telling you, 
you're not good enough to be out there. So definitely just wanting to go out there and prove them wrong. But all four years there, um, I learned a lot. Um, we came together as a team. I was on the second ever team there. So it was definitely a growing and learning experience um, and just helping us build the best possible team. And I know that nowadays um, under Danielle Fiala, they're doing amazing things. So it's just one of those things. It's just cool to be a part of history. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, uh, it's always cool to go to a new program and kind of get things rolling and, and, and be, uh, an active part of developing a legacy of, of which you'll, the club can win games. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize how much work that is to establish that culture and, and push that level of play up. And, and it sounds like obviously six G's in your first game is a great way to send a message of what you're about and how competitive you are as a player. And, um, you know, North central certainly become quite the program. So, um, that's exciting. And you know, that kind of leads right into your coaching career, right? You, you obviously had to be a leader in the locker room. And then, you know, right as you get out of college in 2014, you, you had done Huntington college in Montgomery, Alabama to be an assistant coach. You know, what inspired you to start coaching right out of school? Sure. So when I definitely had coaches that I absolutely loved, sometimes you were like, okay, what can I learn? What can I do? I just want to be just like them, or I want to do something a little bit different. Um, when I left college, I was like, I can't see myself doing anything but coaching because I love it so much. And I love giving everyone the chance to really play the game that I fell in love with. Um, so it's just one of those things like moving to Montgomery, Alabama, Driving 14 hours in my car was definitely something that was actually really fun. Um, and it just started my coaching career. And being only 22 years old and being an assistant was awesome. And it's just getting one of those girls to like respect you and definitely something that I'll always value being that young and being in the collegiate world. Yeah, I mean, Montgomery, Alabama, probably quite a different experience than Naperville. You know, what was that like from a culture standpoint of, you know, going from the, the, the Northern Midwest, which has this very kind of homely feel, uh, to Alabama, which I, I've never been to, so I can't even say what it's like, but I have to imagine there's quite a bit of cultural difference. So I grew up in a small town, um, Heartland, Wisconsin. So then I went to like a bigger city, which is 20 minutes east of Chicago. So it's definitely like a small town. And then Montgomery was a little bit bigger than Naperville, um, but definitely had a lot of Southern hospitality and was definitely a lot different from the Midwest. Like the Southern hospitality, they wanted to like actually get to know you about your day and they wanted to like ask you questions and the barbecue was really good too. <laughs> good barbecue does not go unnoticed. Oh, no. That is for sure. Um, so that's awesome. So you're there for a couple of years and then the opportunity to, to take uh, over as a head coach pops up and you head to Tennessee Wesleyan and you go from kind of building a program to taking a program to a 12 and four finish and conference runner up. You know, what was that like that change in just what you were doing? You know, you went from like something incredibly, incredibly different goals, right? So what, what was that like? Sure. So you go from a program that has numbers, has athletes who are untapped potential at Huntington to building them up to where you want them to be. 
And then you go to Tennessee Wesleyan where these kids are there to play because they're on scholarship. They're there to play because they love the game of lacrosse. They're there to play because they want someone to coach them. So that was the biggest thing of, okay, what can I do to help these kids that are already good become even better? So to me, it was that challenge of finding things that we could do with them every day, whether it was running them a little bit more. I know every college kid loves to run, whether it was (laughs) challenging them in a new offense that I could set up, challenging them to think outside of the box of what they were comfortable with because they had been successful and had big rosters in the past. So my goal was to not only find them teammates that would want to play with them, but getting them to all play on the same page to make them an unstoppable force. So I think it was definitely interesting coming from middle of the ground where we had amazing kids at Huntington to having these scholarship kids in NAIA. Um, So that was definitely a different jump being in division three to NAIA. It's just a whole, it's just a whole different ball game, but I loved both of them because I played division three and I love division three, but NAIA, those kids work their butts off in any way, shape or form. So. That's, that's awesome. That's a really cool, uh, unique perspective in terms of like how things happen and change for you. I mean, it's a totally different world. And it's, it's pretty exciting to be a part of a, a conference championship run. I mean, even if you didn't win it, making a title game is always fun. And, um, you know, I'm sure for that group of girls, it was it was something they really uh, enjoyed that experience. Um, you know, so you, you finished in conference runner-up, and and then you decide to go to Johnson and Wales, which, you know, to that point hadn't won a game in its history. You know, so what, what kind of inspired you? Like, hey, I'm 12 and 4, I'm conference runner-up. I, you know, could go back and potentially compete for a conference title, maybe a national championship. I'm not sure, but you know, what inspired you to be like, I'm going to take over this program that has won zero games. Sure. So my goal has like always been to like restart a program or start it from scratch. So when I resigned from Tennessee Wesleyan, I was ready to just for a fresh start, to just move obviously across the country to Denver. It's kind of far, Um, but definitely one of those things it's okay. I want to start from scratch. I want to build it to where I want it to be. And I want to do it exactly how I want to do it. And at that time I was considering getting my master's, which I just finished um, about a year ago. And being at Johnson and Wales, these kids had really never gotten the chance to be a part of like having a full roster team or knowing what it's like to play college lacrosse and be competitive at it. You, I wanted to bring in kids who not only wanted to work, but were determined So the kids that I had been recruiting to other places, I said, hey, I really had to sell Johnson & Wales to them. Yes, we've only been around for this amount of time. And yes, we haven't been good in the past. But with me, you wanted to make sure that you're getting those kids that actually want to put in the work and build a program that can be good and can be um, a top Division III team and that can can compete with Colorado College, who's also in our conference. And it's just one of those things, it's like, it's always been a drive and a passion of mine to just find those kids and make them love college lacrosse like I did. Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, I think building something from the ground up is, is always uh, exciting and it's, it's challenging. I mean, you have to have, you have to be the eternal optimist, right? So, I mean, I'm sure I would have to guess that optimism runs strong in in you. Um, And then the other part of it is you have to be this like, you know, crazy recruiter, right? Because 
you know, it's not like people are are being like, oh yeah, I know Johnson and Wales. You know, they they won all these college football games. You know, it's, <laughs> there's just not that same type of like uh, publicity that you get when you're at some of the bigger schools. So, you know, tell us about uh, before we get into some of the wins and 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 some of the things that have happened since you started. You know, tell me about what it took from a recruiting perspective to to get uh, these ten plus classes in each year and start to build a roster that can compete top to bottom. Uh, day in and day out. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't easy. Um, as any college coach knows, recruiting is never like snap your fingers and I'm going to get those kids, especially when you're in a state that has all RMAC schools, um, the Rocky mountain D two schools, um, which you're competing against to like get those kids from sometimes. Um, it's not easy because Johnson and Wales has normally been a little hidden gem that not a lot of people know about. And you want them to be more exposed and everything like that. So just going to the club coaches and being like, hey, we're here and this is what we're going to do to other like kids anywhere. As far as like my first class came from like California, Florida, Texas, Minnesota, um, New York, Massachusetts, like just reaching out to those kids that also want to be in Denver because you're not only selling the school, you're selling them to Denver. And Denver is a pretty cool place, if I do say so myself. Um, but it was never easy from the start. You had to literally spend hours and hours just recruiting, just reaching out to kids and just getting them and selling yourself and selling the school because until then, we've never really had a team. And when I got there, we had nine kids. And I think half of them knew how to play lacrosse. So it was definitely an uphill battle when it came to recruiting. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's nuts. Nine kids is not even enough to field a, a team. You know, you need 12 on the field at one point for everyone who's listening who doesn't know that girls is 12 on 12. Uh, so that's, uh, that's obviously, you know, so true. Recruiting is such a big part of success and, uh, at any program. And, you know, I've always talked, I talk to my friends all the time about it, you know, like, it doesn't matter where you are, you got to recruit because you want to get the right type of players into your program. You can't just rely on people showing up. Um, so, you know, you're recruiting your tail off, you're starting to get classes in and then, you know, you, you obviously it's tough first year you guys, you end up over, but then in, in 2018, you guys come out and you grab your first W or excuse me, 2019, you grab your first W against, uh, Whitworth college. Mm-hmm. Um, on February 28th, I'm sure that day, uh, is etched into your memory. Tell me about what that was like for you guys as a, as a club, um, or as a program rather to grab that first W and, you know, what was it like for the girls and the, the athletic director and all that? Sure. So I think definitely it was a morale booster for us because no, no college kid, no coach, no anyone likes to lose. Um, so it's definitely one of those things. It's It was the right direction and right step for us. When we got there, it was freezing. We were all standing under heaters as much as we possibly could. Um, we were winning by a little bit and then I pulled them aside and I said, look at that scoreboard right now. We can do this if every single one of you comes together and actually like wants it. So they looked at each other, nodded. I stepped out. They got so fired up that I've never seen them work together as much as I had that day. And after that final horn went off, it was just an unbelievable sight. I think all of us cried because some of those people had been on the team for three years and never gotten to win until that day. 
never gotten a win until I had been there. So it's just one of those things. You see an athlete's face light up like it's Christmas after they got that first win. And we had our incoming classes even wish us like congratulations and everything like that. So it was just pretty cool. And it's definitely the step in the right direction for Johnson & Wales because now we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to keep pushing to be better and better. Yeah, that's awesome. It's what a, what a great W and, uh, you know, nothing's better than beating your friends, right? Uh, you know, obviously you're good friends with the Whitworth coach and, uh, she's an awesome lady. In fact, we'll definitely be reaching out to her to get her on the podcast. But, uh, it's, I always tell my friends, it's fun. It's more fun to beat you guys than some coach. I don't know. Um, so, you know, you, you got the W, uh, and then you guys launched this year, right? And you, as you said, at the kind of beginning of the podcast, you guys were doing pretty well and, uh, had started off on the right track and, and now you you obviously are dealing with being away. So what are you guys doing right now to try and stay together as a team and keep building this momentum and don't let it disappear? So our girls are definitely right now focusing on finishing up the term because we're on trimester school. So we are on week eight out of 11. Um, for those of you who don't know, trimesters are three 10-week terms, finals being week number 11. So they are very stressed with online learning because it is very hard for some of them. And it's definitely not something that they enjoy online learning, but they're all... Literally all of them text me every single day. They're like, hey, coach, just got the workout packet you sent. We've been losing weight. We've been eating right. We've been staying as a team. So we have accountability buddies um, where they get to check in with each other and make sure that they're doing the right steps. Um, me and my assistant coach, who I just recently hired a couple weeks before this pandemic like, actually started, her and I um, reach out to them and we do um, challenges with them where they can get rewards um, where they can get like one less sprint when they come to like back on campus or where they can win like t-shirts because who doesn't love a free t-shirt with them. Um, but just one of those things is just keeping them bonded so that when we come back on campus and they get the chance to meet the freshmen and get to reunite that it's like, okay, it's time to go and it's time to accomplish a lot of great things. Yeah, those, uh, you know, staying together as a team, keeping the momentum's huge. I love the accountability buddies concept. Uh, we use a branch concept here. Uh, you know, at Virginia Tech, I can't lie. We we got that from Mike Sherman, but it's uh, it's just great to have these smaller groups where there's some accountability between the two. So, um, you know, Johnson Wales looks like they're on the up on the on the up and coming, and excited to see you continue to, uh, you know, build that program up. You know, before we let you go, uh, just a couple of, of questions. You know, I see here, you know, that you played last year overseas in Amsterdam and Belgium. Um, and then this year you're planning to play in Hawaii. What's the uh, what's the event in Hawaii this year? So it's the Hawaii lacrosse tournament, and I played in it the last three years because I just don't want to give up my playing days. Um, and I'm still not old, so all my kids tell me I was born in the 80s. And I said, thanks, guys. That would make me like 40. Um so it's just never getting up and never getting old. So if coach can do it, you guys can too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I uh, I asked a couple of my players how old they thought I was, and a couple of them said I, they thought I was fifty, which was interesting. Uh, I'm not not quite there yet. Got a little couple of years to go, maybe like fifteen ish. But uh, anyhow, that's that's always funny. So uh, you know, Mallory, what what can you know, what are you looking for in a high school athlete and why Johnson and Wales? Let's give you a little chance to plug the program on here uh, before we let you go. My favorite. 
Um, so I definitely want someone, I know every coach is like, I want someone who can run, who can do this, who can do that. I want someone who's going to benefit Johnson and Wales as a whole. So as a team, we do a lot of community service and we're going to get better at doing more community service this year. Um, it's one of those things I want them to give back to the community and make Johnson and Wales a great place. But on the field, I want someone who's going to show up literally every day, ready to work who's ready to make an impact as a freshman. If you come in as a freshman and you're like, okay, I'm ready to play. You're going to start for me. If you come in as a freshman out of shape, lazy and not wanting to be coached, well, you're probably not going to start for me, but Johnson and Wales is definitely evolving. Um, since my first year there, I know my first year we had like 30 student athletes like come in. And I know we grabbed everyone else from campus as an athletic department. Now we have like 200 plus athletes on campus just for one class and it's continuing to grow. So we're a hidden little gem, but you have the potential to make an impact in the NCAA division three world. Awesome. And Mallory, where can they find you or Johnson Wells on social media? So we have Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook. It's under Jewu Denver. No, Jewu Den WLAX. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes because that's going to be hard to to follow. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But uh, hey, Mallory, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate uh, you coming on the pod and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys compete again in 2021. Thank you for having us. All right, for Mallory Barr, I'm Panchito Ojeda. Thanks for listening to Stall Warning. <laughs>